0: Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Oh God, Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Every one of us in our lives, we have seasons, we have seasons. We have times when everything goes right. We have times when nothing's gone right. But it takes all of it to give us what we need in God to make us the person we need to be in God. I don't have a right to declare Oh God, you've been good to me when everything's right. And then to complain when things are not going right. He's been good. He's been good. Hallelujah. So good to be with this fine church. The worship I'm I am so excited about what's getting ready to happen. Building wise, Growth wise. In all the time that we were we've been in Arkadelphia when we built our church, we never had anyone give an exceptional offering. Now don't get me wrong, an offer I take anything. <laughs> I was in a service the other night and someone said, you know. Brother Lumpkin, Jim Lumpkin said, Bible said the Lord loves a cheerful giver. He said, I'll tell you what, we're we'll take the ones who begrudge what they're giving tonight too. <laughs> Nothing, we never. We just here a little there a little. I felt last year our need to remodel. We didn't have any money. And I Prayed and had a, someone ask my wife and I to go out and eat with them. He said, Brother Price, you've been talking about wanting to remodel. He said, I don't know if this will do it, but put it on it. And then tears just started coming out of a tough guy. I mean, a guy that doesn't cry. He said, Brother Price, The Lord's coming soon. He said, and if he doesn't come real soon, the government's probably going to get everything anyway. He said, I want to put this in the kingdom. I was shaken. I wanted to look at the check. He said, go ahead and look at it. I guess he saw me shaking. I opened it up. It was $100,000 that I'm going to give it somewhere I am I really am and I believe I believe this book so much that I believe that what God says he does that he will do and I think that the blessings that will come, the blessings that will come. You can't even begin to imagine or begin to count what God's going to do. There's people waiting to be filled with this ex- beautiful experience of the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen. Don't you give up on anyone. Don't you give up on anyone. It's going to happen. going to happen. I love this book. I love this book. My oldest son and his wife decided to homeschool. They've got two girls, <coughs> Riley and Bentley. Riley takes after my side of the family. Bentley's weird. couple of months ago my son said I was teaching he doesn't he's not usually home but he was teaching her on vowels he said here's a word bentley how many vowels are in this word the word was made m a d e bentley looked at it and said five he said bentley Look at this. How many vowels are in this word? One. He said, Bentley, don't you know what a vowel is? She said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I think sometimes the reason a lot of people struggle is they don't have a clue. <laughs> All right, let's go home. <laughs> You know what? There, there's an excitement, and I, and I feel this tonight. I'm, I am going to take my liberty. I'm looking down at the clock. I've never looked down at a clock before. I may watch it for a while. It just. I'm excited about what God wants to do. Does anybody in this building tonight, anybody in this building, do you have a, 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 even a remote clue of what God wants to do in this place? Because I don't. I don't. I know I come in, and I know, you know, it's just after 7, and I know what's going to happen, and I know we're going to come and pray, and I know. What does God want to do tonight? What is God, where is He wanting to take us? sir? where is He wanting to reach or what's he wanting to do in somebody's life? And there's something, something just, I mean, just a while ago as the choir was singing and things, something just hit me, God, I'm so humbled to be here. and god wants to no he's not here god is not in the entertaining business a preacher entertains need to go needs to go home I'm not cut up but i'm going i'm going to talk about it a singer who's up there for entertainment i don't want to hear him i don't i don't want to hear him but i want i want god to do something no hands, no hands raised. But I wonder how many people in this building need something from God. Okay, let's go one step further. I wonder how many in this building don't even realize it yet, what you're going to need tomorrow. But God knows. God knows. I ask you tonight to sweep over this precious congregation. Lord, would you, would you just, in your mercy, goodness, would you come down in spite of ourselves? God, I know what I've felt in you. I know. And now I'm asking you, God, if you would just look into someone's heart. Let some life open up for the. I'm, I don't care if they've been in the church for the last 50 years. Let someone's life for the first time really open up past speaking in tongues. Let it open up beyond. I know what it is to be apostolic. And God, let us realize what it means to sit at the feet of the King of Kings and what it means to approach the Lord of glory. And God, what you have for us. God, would you you come down? Would you come down on somebody? Do what needs to be done, God. Do what needs to be done. I pray. Hallelujah. I feel a beautiful spirit of God. Hallelujah. I want to read something tonight. I don't know why this. I really don't. But I felt this morning I was going by hope. Tonight I feel this. And uh, I want to read a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, just two verses out of a familiar passage. The Gospel of John, the ninth chapter, verse 6 and verse 7, reads like this, And when he, Jesus, When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent End of the sentence. Next sentence. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. This is one of those passages that have caused me to question. I understand the blind man being healed. I understand it. I have read this so many times, and I've tried to figure this out just in the last few days, I was in my office studying, and I, I was led to this passage. I said, God, I don't understand this. And I want to preach tonight along the subject, Why mud? Why mud? I'm familiar with the healings in the Bible. I'm familiar with Him. And I expect it. I believe tonight when that list came up here and hands are raised, I am one that believes that He honors our prayers. I don't think that's a filler in the service. I believe it's a God thing. And I believe that probably more of us have had prayers answered that were unspoken than we could even think or imagine. I believe that. I, I realize that I don't seem to have a real difficulty coming into a church, whether it's our home church or this church or any church. I don't seem to have a problem, and I don't mean this in a braggadocia manner, because we all fit into this. I don't seem to have a problem finding God. I can come into a service, and really whatever's going on, I don't seem to have a hard time reaching out and filling God. I have filled Him in services that, you know, things just really... It, really don't even seem to be reaching, but you feel Him. But here's where my dilemma begins in this. Too often, after we have been in His presence, we've failed Him, everything's gone good, the choir's sung, it feels marvelous, the song, and the song that my wife sung that is is one of my favorite of favorite songs, and, and when I sing that, and I sing it, I don't, my singing is I listen, yeah, I did a good job tonight, and all that stuff, but when I, when I hear that, I can, there's been times that I've asked her to sing that at home, and I just sit there and just tear up, and I feel good, oh God, that is so good. But there's times that I've been in His presence. I've felt Him. And I've touched Him. But that's all I've received. I knew He was there. I knew He was in the song. I knew He was in the message. And I knew that He was moving. But all I did was, oh, I felt Him. And then I go home. But I want to tell you tonight, we've missed it. Many times we missed it. Because this is not about just filling him. This is about something happening. This is about, you want to know why sometimes we've not had more miracles? Because we're satisfied with filling him. The reason we've not seen more things take place in our family because we are satisfied when we pray. In 10 minutes, and I'm not getting on anything, I'm not, I'm just telling you a fact tonight. Sometimes in 10 minutes, I break through, press through, touch it, woo! Prayer meeting's over, I'm on my way. All I've done is got into the presence of God, once I get into his presence, now it's time to start talking to him. But I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. This this chapter is, there's something special here we got a lot of a lot of miracles a lot of miracles this is the blind man born blind i feel sorry for him it's sad anytime that i don't care what the disability i don't care what the problem i grieve i do i'm one of those guys if i read in the newspaper someone has a tragedy i i get sad you know i'm thinking man that's horrible that's that's terrible but this st- Ninth chapter and getting down to the seventh verse. This is not just about another miracle. But Scott, I know He can heal. I don't have any doubts. I don't need another story. Oh, give me another. Sto- I don't need another story. I'm the guy, I'm the guy that believes in Acts 3, right after the day of Pentecost. Why not heal the lame man? Yeah. Let's do this thing because that's who he is. That's what he is. But here's my problem, my problem. Sometimes I have lost sight of myself in the the word of God. By saying that, this isn't written just so I can read an account. This is written so that I can see myself in here. God, I may not have been born blind, but I'm reading this. This is me. This is where i God, this is what I'm... It's not telling you about a man that we don't even receive his name. We got a whole chapter here that's devoted to a man without a name as far as we're concerned but he has a need and it's not to say he healed him. It doesn't take just one verse to say there's a blind man, Jesus healed him. Let's go on. But he said, I got a whole lot more to tell you about him. And so what's happening A lot of times I see the blind man. A lot of times I come into the service and I feel it. But I lose sight of me. I miss my needs when I'm in his presence. I forget about my problem that I should carry to him while I am looking at everything else that's going on. You hear me tonight. If you have a genuine need, now if you got something, you're just an uh, all-time complainer, I don't have any time for you tonight. This isn't about complainers. Okay, It's not about complainers. But if you have a genuine need, if you have a fear, and I've been preaching a lot about this at home lately, it's not right for a child of God to lay down at night and have fear ransack their brain. It is not right. That is not godly. I should have peace in my mind. I should, have, I should have a joy in my I ought to go to sleep at night with comfort and I ought to wake up in the morning and say, God has been good to me. But if you're in this building tonight, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to talk. That's all I'm, I do a lot of talking lately. I'm just going to talk to us. If you're in this building tonight and you have a need, I mean a real need, I want to tell you something that I, that I feel in my heart from God, that God came here tonight to meet with you and to help you either to heal you, deliver you, or encourage you. Well, that's a cop-out. No, it is not. No, it is not. Sometimes the best thing God does for me is gives me the peace to go through what I'm going through until I get through it. And so I want to tell someone, this is not just off cuff. This is not just sermonizing. That I'm not, that's not what I'm after tonight. I'm really, I don't even, I, I, that's not even been on my mind. I want to tell someone tonight that your answer is here In this, not tomorrow, not next Sunday, not down the road, not later on. But your answer is here here tonight. I believe that with everything that is in my heart. What you need is in this service. That blind man had no idea Jesus was coming by. Doesn't seem like anyone had any idea. All that we have to direct us—the only thing we have—I'm not reading these, and and I I don't call whatever, but I'm not interested in reading stuff from people. I mean, I'll read it, but I'll decipher, you know, I'll dissect it up. But stuff from people that don't even know the power of the name of Jesus—I'm not enamored by their writings. I'm not enamored if they don't believe that the Holy Ghost is essential. What do I care what they think? Well, what I would do, I let me tell you what I would do if I were you, you know, but all I have to direct me is his word. It's his word. It's not meant, it is not, I've said this so many times lately, it is not meant to just be history. History. This is a record of God against the enemy. And you know what? He always wins. God always wins. God always wins. Why should tonight be any different than what this Word of God says? He always comes out a winner. You have the potential tonight to walk out of this building and say it, He, and then whatever it is you need gave this to me and he brought me out and he left me with what I need to make it all the way. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody in this building that has some sort of a genuine need, would you lift a hand right now to God and tell God I need something? Hallelujah. I believe that God's here tonight, not for one or two. I believe that God can meet every need. Every need, every need, ever need, every need. Hallelujah. So here we have the book. I was preaching a revival a couple of years ago somewhere. And a young lady just graduating from high school walked up. And she said, Brother Price, I don't even know how we got on the subject. But she said, uh, oh, I know. She was talking about possibly coming to one of the colleges in Arkadelphia. And I said, well, that's nice. I said, and what are you going to study when you get to school? She said, oh, I want to be a history teacher. Real sweet young lady. Looked like she had her head on straight. Looked like she had her head on straight. She said, I'm going to be a history teacher. I said, really? I said, I always liked history, and I just picking." With her, and I said, uh, You know what? Let me ask you, who fought in the Revolutionary War? She said, uh, Oh, I forgot. I said, well, That's all right. I said, What two armies fought in the Civil War? She said, I don't remember those countries. Uh, I said, Well, that's okay. That's okay. I said, Let me ask you one more question. When was the war of 1812 fought? (laughs) She said, I never was good with dates. (laughs) I walked away and said, I know who I don't want my grandkids going to school to sit under. (laughs) You know, but sometimes that's about the same sense we make out of this. This This is not a blind man. No, 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 no. This is about us. This is about... But but I've never been there. I've, I've never fought a giant. I've never had to cross a flooded sea. I've never had to face a fire. Yeah, I have. Yes, you have. Yeah? You just didn't recognize it as such. It just didn't have the heat, the flame. You just didn't hear the roar of the lions. You just didn't feel the doors of the prison shutting. But they were there there were times that your whole life seemed to be locked up and and, and I can't move and and I don't know which way to go and and I don't know what to do and, and oh God, I don't know, I don't know. So that's what I'm talking about. And it was to that that on a certain day, Jesus just happened to be walking by. You trust me of this. He never just happens to go anywhere. He always has a reason to go where he's at. Hallelujah! What this Word is telling us is that He can help you with anything. Anything you're going through. And I know it's easy. It's easy to get generic and stuff. Someone one time came to Brother Rutledge's church was claimed to be a prophet. I don't even, Brother Rutledge was trying to get him to get out of there. I don't know how he preached, but he got up. And at the end of the service, I was there, and he said, just stopped everything. He said, I feel like the Lord has something for someone right now. And he went into praying and went through this thing, and he was speaking for God. He knew everything about it. He said, he is the voice of God. You back there in the red sweater. I can't recall your name right now, but you that's God. I thought, bud, you fixing to get shut down because you don't know my father-in-law like I know my father-in-law. When I talk about God is here and God is able, he can help. I'm not, this isn't charlatan. This isn't televangelism. This isn't send me your money Benny Hinnism. That's not what this is all about. I am telling you that God tonight in Frankfurt, Indiana, my God is able to take care of whatever it is that you're going through. He can help you through anything that you need. Anything that you need. If you walk out of here without him, you don't have one ounce of reason or right to blame him. The only blame comes back, I didn't go to him. I'm not interested in filling God tonight. I'm interested in reaching out and holding on to him and telling him, I need you, God. I need you, God. This this passage, there's a lot of questions in this passage. What's it going to take for the disciples? We see Jesus. We see the man. I know the disciples, I don't know. I guess they were trying to act polite. They pass a blind man. One of them asked a question. Who did sin? This blind man or his parents? Is it because he, you know, someone committed wrong? They were just trying to make conversation. My thought was this. They saw the blind man. They knew what Jesus could do. Why didn't they say, Jesus, you could heal him, couldn't you? Why didn't they? Why would this story be so powerful if we are told and they walk by a blind man and one, name him. I don't care one of the disciples said, Jesus, there's a man over here. You think you'd heal him? Wouldn't that I like that? Just that'd be some good reading. But all they do is they see him, they don't say anything about him. All right. Let's carry it to 2016. What about our church? What about this service? When someone with a need walks into the building, how many times do we look up? And immediately start thinking, God, you can take care of that need tonight in that, not in mine, in that person. God, I know what they're going through. God, I direct your attention. God, why should we not be positive when we get into his presence and say the Lord is here. Something's going to happen tonight. Somebody's going to be filled with his spirit. Somebody's going to be healed. Why can we not do that? Have we ever just come in and instead of saying, oh, God, would you? Oh, God, they're here. Oh, God, have you ever thought about going to the one that you're feeling and say, Jesus, you could touch him? I wonder how we would change our services if we would do that. I wonder what would take place. In this passage, this passage, there's a very uniqueness involved in this day. Again, healings are not uncommon. We understand them. We we get it. My question, I sat for I don't know how long staring at this verse of Scripture. and I've preached it many, many, many times and looked at it and see, you know, the mud, the anointing. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. Mud. Why mud? Why mud? Sure change our prayer request time, wouldn't it? Jesus, the man was sitting there blind. Jesus walks up, spits on the ground, and makes clay. Now, I don't want to gross anybody out. And yet it'd be kind of neat if somebody get grossed out. But anyway, I don't want to gross anybody out. But how much spit does it take to make mud? Really? We're going to have a session after church in the parking lot. I've already got the... No, how much... I'm talking about... There's clay... He spits. That's not, we think, he did. how dainty that was. Eh, eh. You ain't going to make nothing out of that but dust. He spit. He spit, and he spit, and he spit, and he sp- My mouth's getting dry. I'm looking at that, thinking about it. He spit, and he spit, until he had enough spittle, in the clay to make mud. I've heard preachers preach. I don't think I've ever done this. I've said a lot of things that I've heard and tried to re-preach or, or mention and, and think, oh Lord, how goofy was that? I've heard them say, well he rolled an eyeball and made an eye." Oh, kid a life. It says he anointed the man's eye. He didn't make eyeballs. Well, he formed a nose and an ear. and He, no, he didn't do all of that he spit on the ground he anointed the man's eyes. now if he anointed the eyes he did not just go. let mean just he had to raise the eye and anoint the eye. I mean I, I don't know what feelings were if, if these was normal or what so here you have now you've got you've got a man who was born blind and now he's got mud and spit. On his face. Why not just heal him? Why further humiliate him? Is that what he's doing? Why not just reach up like you did have done so many times? Do you believe? Your faith will make you whole. Wow, I can see it didn't happen here. He touches the man. Now, here's what I begin to see. The mud was part of the miracle. I like miracles. I'm not so sure about mud. Because of the mud, he anoints the man's eyes, and then immediately, this is all in one sentence, and he said unto him, go wash in the pool, and he left. Now, the first thing I noticed, now he had to go somewhere and wash the mud off. He had to. So Jesus touched him, put the mud. Then second, he made it where he had no options, no choice. I got to do something. You know, we, we can sit here and we can go through and we can give thumbs up, two thumbs up. We can put all four of our thumbs up if we want to in a service and just say, wow, what a night that was. What a, and we can judge and critique and do all we want. But unless we go, I'm a bit anointed, but unless I do something about the mud, all right. All right. All right. I know and I believe with everything within me every need in this building. I believe this emphatically, that the God that we serve has the power to immediately heal. There's, I, I tell our church frequently, I don't understand some things, but that does not change the fact that I believe my God's a healer. That does not change the fact that He can do it. But what I want to tell you, what I feel to tell you, that there are times Not every time. You only read the mud thing one time. Only one time. There are times that we're going to find ourselves at John chapter 9 in our lives. We have been anointed, but there's no sight yet. He touched me, but I still can't see. He did something to me but I've not been delivered. I've been anointed, but I've not been healed. I felt him, but my problem's just as strong and real as it's ever been. I know he walked by me, but why am I still burdened? Why am I still down? Why am I still going through this? He told him, I've anointed you. I've touched you. I've done something to you. But the words of the Lord were, now you go and you wash in the pool. I've done my part. Now it's up to you. I've done what I'm supposed to do as God. But now it is up to you. It's up to you. Amen. Why mud? You see, he touches him. Anoints them. And then the next part of this passage is where it kind of gets. It's very important. We want to see. We want to see. Jesus saw the blind man born blind. Man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. This is just for the glory of God. All right. Be healed. (laughs) End of story. That's what, I, that's what I really want in my life. That's what, I, that's what I hope for all the time. But it's said after he anointed him, after he told him, here's where we stop too many times. What has he told some of us to do that we've never yet done? Unless he walks by where I'm at, puts his arms around me and lifts me up. I ain't moving. What's he done for us, given to us, offered to us, but we don't respond to him? It said after Jesus, he didn't know who Jesus was. You read it later on. He does not know who the man is. I don't know who he is. But I know somebody did something and put something in my eyes. He, didn't, he heard the sound of spit, but he didn't know what was going on. But when Jesus said, "Go," was, there's something about just a simple obedience to God. It doesn't have to be visible that everybody recognizes. It doesn't have to be popular. It said, he went his way, he watched, and he came seen. But once again, my question, why the mud? Still doesn't answer the mud. Still doesn't give me a direct moving and direct answer to it. But we can sit here in this service tonight, and there's situations going on in lives. My heart breaks for people that's going through dire needs. Breaks. Please hear me tonight. Please, don't you give up on anyone. Oh, their life's broken. Their life's miserable. Their life is in ruin. Their life, they've done. They've gone. They've, they're they just the worst of the worst. Don't you give up on anyone. If God hasn't given up, who are we that we give up on those that God hadn't given up on? Sometimes, and I know, I know some of the needs. I don't know all the needs naturally, but I just know some that are that I'm acquainted with, but sometimes we come in and we just can't see. Not that I'm blind naturally, I can't see why I'm going through what I'm going through. I have no understanding. I have no, there's no rhyme, there's no reason. I'm not sure what's going on in my world right now. I'm not sure why right now. Why am I going through this? Why the mud? Why did you allow this to happen to me, God? Why? These are the things that... Oh, I don't think anyone should ever do that. Really? You go through it. You've done it. I don't know how many times people say to me if something's going wrong oh I'm, I must have failed God somewhere just because you're going through something does not mean you failed God it does not have any connotation of that at all now you may be going through some things if you did f- fail God you will be going through some things and God doesn't owe you any answer out as long as you continue to fail God all right. oh I'm bigger than that you ain't nothing alongside God friend You get one split second with him in eternity and your bigness is going to shrink to nothingness and you're going to bawl and squall for all eternity. Oh God, why did I do this? Oh God, why did I let this happen? And I'm telling you, in this place tonight, God's saying somebody can see, somebody can have what they need in God. My feeling is this. I feel that this passage has been given for the reason. This is me. This is what I felt staring at this the other day. So that you can look at where you are. Not the church. Stop making the service about the church. Stop making it about everyone else and start making it about you. It's my service. I need you God. It's my child God that's lost. It's my need God. It's not our. Oh, does that mean you don't care for anyone else? I never said that. But too many times we never bring ours to God because we made it a complete everybody situation. He's not talking to everybody in this place tonight. He's talking to you. He's trying to tell you that He cares and that He's here and that He wants to do something. And what I looked at, I feel this scripture, this chapter's been placed here so it gives us the reason that you can look at it in times before you get your answer. There is a time frame when, yes, he's come. This, there, there's He can walk in a service and boom, he can move and right now. I've seen needs. I've seen people that were broken down and couldn't even walk. I've watched them in just a second of prayer dance out of that place and say, I don't need it any longer. I don't, I, I'm all right. Look what God, I've watched that happen. I know it can happen. But I've seen many times when the Lord's anointed someone, touch someone. The answer didn't come right now. But my cry to you tonight is this. If the Lord, if the Lord touched you, could it be he just spit in the clay and he anointed you? If that's the case, looking at everything that this says, what he's saying is that somebody ought to begin to acknowledge and recognize I am about to get my answer. You see, the time that the man walked away from Jesus, he was still blind. I'm blind and now I have mud and spit on my face. And he had to walk. History says from where he was to where he went was between a mile and a half and two miles. So he had to walk to a certain spot, to a certain place. Did he go by himself? Did someone lead him? And he went to a certain place, and he thought about it the whole way. There's a point of time between the anointing and the pool. that he walked for over a mile thinking about it. But he went with a purpose. I'm not coming because everybody else comes. You know, if I, if, when this is over and we say, and not now, don't don't do this. But we say, let's all stand, let's all do, let's all go, let's all. And so, oh, it's time. That's not what I'm talking about. If he touched me. And he told me, now you go. If nobody else goes. Why wouldn't I go? The other night, come on tonight if you would, Sister Cheryl. The other night in just within the last couple of weeks, we had a beautiful service going on. It was a Sunday night. We had a couple of needs that have been I've been burdened about. I've really been praying. The service was just, it just broke. I don't get excited in services when I don't get to preach, not because I want to preach. If, if, it's, if something is really there, then go with it. And this night, I couldn't have stopped it if I'd have put up a brick wall. The whole thing just exploded. People were rejoicing and shouting, and I saw victory and things happening. And we went, that started from the opening. We had one song from the opening song, and that went to ten minutes after seven. We started six. One song, the rest of it was people just really worshiping God. I, we, I, I think that night someone got the Holy Ghost and this happened, some other things. I got to, at 10 after 7, I started, I just started to ignore what I felt. I stopped the whole service. I said, I, I said I've got to do what I feel to do. I said, Friday, I thought it was, if I'm not mistaken. I said, Friday, I was here at the church praying I was praying about some needs. I said I saw. I said I I don't know if it was if I dreamed it. I wasn't asleep. I don't know if I hoped it or I don't know if God showed it to me. I don't know. But I named 3 ladies, a young girl that's 15 with a sickness a lady that's probably in her mid-30s that was just getting reports of a life-changing sickness and another lady that had been going through something for over 20 years where it almost kept her housebound. I said, I saw, and I named three ladies, I saw them arm in arm marching around the church and God healed them. when I said that those three ladies and one of them is enormously shy and reserved those three ladies jumped up and I said I would have I, I just feel compelled to ask you three ladies to come and anyone who would like to join them I believe God's going to do something with this tonight and they started walking this way I said huh ha uh. I saw y'all walking that way. I said, yeah, don't go that way. Healing's this way. And I was serious. I watched them walk, and the whole church, the whole church was walking. We got a, a black lady whose husband used to be a preacher in Chicago. She's, I think, 190, I believe. And she gets with the program. She even got in the march. Everyone was marching, and she was doing this. And then every once in a while, she'd just stop. So it kind of backlogged a little bit. They made it around the second time, and all three of them at this side aisle on this side, all three of them hit the floor. Blake, who's Brittany's husband, said, I laid hands on... Think Was it Debbie Kern, I believe? He said they were all praying. I laid hands on Sister Debbie and said when I did, said it felt like, elec- he's an electrician, felt like electricity shot through me. said I fell back into the, thought, good night. And Sister Debbie hit the floor. Annabelle's a 15-year-old. She was down praying. And then Jeremy Ferguson's wife, Lena. She was up here and just praying. Now, I'm not going to tell you that all of them, I don't know what happened. I know I felt something in all three. Sister Debbie said, ever since then, she said, I'm I'm so much better. She said, but what happened to me is, God did something to me. She said, whether I get healed or not, I'm all right," she said. "God did something to me." Lena Ferguson, beautiful young lady, was just told the week before she went to a one specialist and wanted a second opinion. Went to the second specialist; they told her she had Crohn's disease. No doubt, both of them said the, they had the same report, same thing. You're. Just And they, get, they began to tell her the things you're going to have to do to change your life. Tuesday, I called Monday. I asked how she was doing, and her husband said, Brother Price, she went home, said she didn't have any pain. She's been racked with pain for six, eight, ten months. I don't even know. Said she didn't have any pain last night. Tuesday, she went to get a test. The only way they could give 100% certainty was with the test. Both specialists said we're 99.9% certain. Both of them said the same thing. When she had the test, the person administering the test, when they immediately saw the results. They said, "Miss Ferguson, I don't know what they were seeing or thinking, but number one, there's no Crohn's disease. But then she said... They said, secondly, there's no reason for your pain. And the pain was gone. Now, I said that for this reason, not because of me. I don't believe that. I think what happened happened because God said, go. Go. And walk around. I'm not saying you got to walk around every time. But I am saying God's going to tell you something. And he is not telling you to sit there like a dead knot on a log. He's not telling you don't do anything. He will not tell you if you want an answer, just sit there and think about things. He's going to tell you to do something. And usually it's going to be something that you have to show, I am putting myself first. I am going out. Yeah, but I'm shy. <laughs> yeah, but I want my miracle. What are you doing? Man, you look funny. You got stuff on your face. You wait a minute. I'll be back. I'll be all right. I'm gonna be, I'll come back seeing in just a little. What, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I, I feel like God's just touched me and God has told me to do something. I feel like I, I feel like I, I told the church Monday we had a special prayer, and and I said, I want you to pray, but I don't want you to pray like you've always prayed. I want you to press through and let's touch Almighty God. Some of you have been in the church long enough. You ought to have an automatic entrance to the power of God, the presence of God. Why mud? Sometimes what may seem like mud to you is God's miracle about to happen. I feel so, uh, really? Have you been in His presence? If you've been in his presence, you might ought to listen. Is he telling you to do something? Get your miracle. Get your healing. Hallelujah. Jesus, there isn't anything else that I know to say. There isn't anything else I know to do. You've come by. You've touched us. And God, right now, right now, God, right now, tell somebody what they need to do. Let there be a healing, let there be a deliverance. Let there be a victory right now, God, in somebody's life. Break through so that, God, break it out. Break it open, God, I pray. In the name of a living God, I pray. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stand with me, would you please? Oh, God, oh, God. I've done, and I'll walk out of this service tonight. I have assurance, a positive assurance right now that I've done everything I'm supposed to do. That's not bragging. I don't mean that. I don't care if it's good preaching or not good preaching. I just want to be able to say I feel like I am free. God's talked. God's touched some. But now it's up to you. What are you going to do with the touch that God's anointed you with tonight? What are you going to do with what God wants to Are you going to walk out of here blind? Are you going to walk out saying, I went and I washed and I can see? Hallelujah. Heads are bowed. I'm inviting anybody in this building tonight. If you need something from God, it's up to you. God is telling you. It's here. If you need something...